for two Kickers are extra, I give them the boo Ooh, going for two Sit back, relax while I grab me a brew Ooh, now I'm reclining While putting my time and I'm ready to go My spine is aligning And much my my lineups, my bank account grow I am so rich But knowledge is all that I'm leaving it with Ooh, listen to this Multiple options, how far can I get? Ooh, DFS Dynasty Reader Tonight I'm not finishing last I'm finishing past any and all I am looking to last. What else? This spot is popping and I am so locked in and only opening the door when it is opportunity knocking and all of these spots keep on talking and talking. So what are we talking? We're kind of alarming and running it deep, even players forgotten or came from the bottom or hitting that topping. And this spot is popping, yeah, this spot is popping. And this is the arm chat. Yeah. Put up your arms, yeah. Sound the alarm, yeah. What's going on, guys, and welcome to episode 357 of the Armchair Fantasy Show. I'm your host, of course, Jeff Lambert. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffLambert77. Of course, we're live every Wednesday night on the Going For Two Live podcast network. We're on Facebook Live, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch. Uh, we got our own website now, GoingFor2.Live. has all of our audio and video content there. And, of course, we're on all major podcast networks as well. Uh, I see Jamie's already in the chat. What's up, Jamie? Uh, if you're currently watching this on uh, on YouTube, please uh, hit that like and subscribe button to help us out. Uh, we finally got a uh, a little check mark next to our YouTube uh, channel. We finally got to be partners uh, after uh, eight years. It took us a while, but we finally oh, got there. Look at, look, look at us. <laughs> took us a while to get there, but we got there. Uh, of course, that voice you hear is my co-host, Mr. Ryan Searfoss. What's up, man? Oh, dude, just glad to be talking football and get away from this last-minute wedding practice. <laughs> yeah. It's slowly killing me inside. Yeah, it's, uh, it's next week, right? Yeah, ne- next Friday, dude, or next Saturday. Next Saturday, not day wrong. Like, <laughs> yes. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's nice to be talking football and something I understand. <laughs> Good stuff. All right. Also joining us tonight, who's been on the show uh, many times before, he hasn't been on in quite a while though. Uh, Sam Holt. She is the illustrator and graphic designer for Matthew Berry's Fantasy Life. Uh, she also does their Fancy Life podcast matchups uh, show. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at Samantha R. Holt. What's up, Sam? What is up, Jeff, Ryan? So happy to be back and always good to talk football with you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, the last time you were on, you, you weren't with Matthew Berry's Fancy Life. So give us a quick rundown of what you do over there. You do quite a bit. Oh, yeah. Um, I joined up with the team last year and I did a lot of illustrations last year, which were so much fun. I unfortunately haven't had as much time this season to get as many drawings as, as I'd like, but there's still plenty of work to do over there for the newsletter, which is amazing. And if you guys haven't already subscribed, it is fantastic. There's amazing content from the team every single day. So I can do a lot of the graphics for that, as well as the website and for social as well. So there's tons of stuff, fun graphic work for me to do there. But lucky enough, this year, I also get to do the podcast that you mentioned fantasy life podcast and um i do the matchup show with chris allen and with pooter doodle and the pair of them are hilarious so getting to go back and forth between them and bring on some fun guests has been really fun this year that's awesome yeah we've had chris on the show surprisingly i'm in multiple leagues with cooter doodle and i've talked to her on twitter and i've never had her on the show uh she's she's been on some of the going for two shows just never on our show that's just rude yeah i'm gonna have to i'm gonna have to get her i'm gonna reach out to her and see if i can get her to come on the show i'm sure 
All right, uh, I want to plug real quick before we get to the show our DFS for Toys Charity Contest. Uh, if you play DraftKings uh, right now, it's free to enter. Um, obviously, we're taking donations, but the, the website is goingfor2.com backslash toys. Uh, go there and register. You can also donate there as well. Uh, we're giving away a championship belt courtesy of Fantasy Jocks, which I'll pull up here. Hopefully, I don't spill my beer like I did last year or last week. Let me get the belt out. So here's the championship belt that we are giving away. Uh, so again, goingfor2.com backslash toys. Our goal is $1,000. We're currently up to a little bit over uh, up 700. Uh, so well on our way to hitting our goal for sure. Uh, so go register if you play DraftKings. Go do that and, uh, and donate as well. Uh, we got a great show tonight. We're going to do Spade or Fade, as we normally do for, for the week. Uh, we'll give you some sit starts. Uh, we'll do some buy-sell, because I know a lot of leagues are coming up on their, on their uh, trade deadlines. So we'll do some buy-sell. Uh, answer some listener questions, and of course, we'll get to our nonsense draft. Attention, everyone. Let's mock draft. All right, so today we are drafting spacecrafts from TVs, movie, literature, or video games that we would want to steal and keep as our own. Uh, and we're going to assume that if we steal it, that whoever we steal it from is not going to come after us. So you don't got to <laughs> worry about that. So, uh, And as always, our guest gets the 101. So Sam, go ahead and give us your 101 here. When I saw this question, I was first so excited and then immediately scared until I saw the draft order. And I was like, yes, I get the number <laughs> one pick. I can feel good about this. Um, I don't think it's too crazy. And I think a lot of people will agree with me. Millennium Falcon 101. Yes, 100%. Yeah. The Kessel run in 12 parsecs. I think it's the best, you know, best vehicle out there and, and the fastest one by far. Um, you know, it's a Swiss army knife of, of a vehicle. I mean, I think it's fantastic. And I mean, even for missions or just for, you know, rolling through the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Is a super fun one. So for me, I had to go Millennium Falcon. Yeah, that would have been my 101 as well. That's definitely the most well-known one. And I looked at a couple lists, you know, online, and pretty much everywhere I looked online, that was the number one ship yeah. overall. So it, it's the Christian McCaffrey of the strip. It is. Like, yeah. it, it, it's like it's a lock. It's not even fair. Hundred percent. Yeah, I think my wife, who's not a big sci-fi movie fan, would probably know the Millennium Falcon. So it's if, if she knows who it is, it's kind of like football. If she knows who that player is, then then it must be a good player because that's that's the only reason she knows it. All right, Ryan, you got the 102. It's like, it's so hard to leave the Star Wars world on this just because they just have so many just epic ships. And um, I know they've changed the name of it since then. I don't know what the new name is. It's just a bunch of letters and stuff. But Boba Fett's ship in the original Star Wars, Slave One. Slave I love how it goes vertically he can, or horizontally. You can just kind of see everything. It's very versatile. And especially like when it comes to like attacking and getting angles on things. I love it for a single person ship where you have no friends. It's perfect. For you. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, that was on my list for sure. Slave one is, I didn't realize they changed the name. That's just, that's how I knew yeah, it. It, it was, it was deemed inappropriate. Um, oh, fair <laughs> enough. <laughs> Today's world. All right. I got the one Oh three and I kind of had a feeling this one was going to fall to me. Cause I don't know if anybody even thought of this one, uh, but I'm going with the, the star Wars spoof. Uh, Spaceballs, the Eagle Five, oh, the flying yeah. Winnebago <laughs> that can go up to ludicrous speed. Yeah, that one was uh, one of my favorite shows growing up, and uh, so I, I definitely wanted to make sure that I got that one. If I had the one hundred and one, it still would have been Millennium Falcon, but my one hundred and two would have been the Eagle Five, the Winnebago from Spaceballs. No, that's that's a really good one. I like it. <laughs> All right, Sam, back to you at the one hundred and four here. 
All right, we're going to stay with my theme. I'm going to go the Razor Crest Mandalorian ship. Nice. I mean, you know, not only a, an amazingly fast ship, but obviously, you know, incredibly well suited for all types of, you know, scenarios going to different planets. It stands up to the test, and there's a lot that that ship can take. So, also, I think of my squad, I'm looking for not just speed, but I'm looking for them to be resilient. Vers- yeah, resilient. Re- yeah, resilient and versatility for sure. Good mm-hmm. pick. All right, Ryan, you got the 105. Uh, I am going to take the Milano from Guardians of the Galaxy. Love that. It's smooth. It's like, it's very clean looking. And I mean, it's named after Alyssa Milano. Yes. Fantastic. (laughs) And it just plays the best tunes of any ship we've ever talked about. Yeah, 100%. (laughs) It does have the best jams. (laughs) Good choice. All right. uh, I got the 106 here. So I better get me a Star Wars ship before y'all take them all. Uh, and I'm going to take one that uh, that growing up, I remember I got the the Lego set sort of the advanced Lego set for this thing. And I loved it. I had it sitting on my desk and that's the TIE fighter. I just Ooh. love the TIE fighter. I love the way it looks. I love in the movies, the way that it sounds when it goes by you. Um, I've always been a big fan of the of the of the TIE fighter. So TIE fighter. I, I literally is my have it here unbuilt. Nice. <laughs> right next to me. I've had every I've had every Star Wars. I have every Star Wars ship we've talked about. That one is unbuilt. So it's nice. <laughs> Good stuff. All right, uh, let's see, where are we at? We're at the 107, Sam. All right, we're just going to round it out with Luke's classic X-Wing. You know, I think, again, I'm looking for speed, I'm looking for agility, and with the right pilot, I'm hoping myself I can stand up to it. But I would even take Luke flying it for me, and he could just be part of my squad, because he's an amazing pilot, and I just need that speed as well. It's got to come with R2 in the back, right, with his screen. 100%. (laughs) It's not not Luke's X-Wing without R2 in the back, so I'm also, like, low-key taking that one to my ship as well good stuff all right ryan you got the 108 i just can't not do it just because it's a classic ship even though i wanted to stick with star wars but i'm taking the enterprise from star trek it's just as i it's probably the second most iconic ship yeah we've talked about and just nobody cares about star trek (laughs) but it's such a cool ship the design's different it's fun i like it yeah, I like it. So my last one actually is going to go to Star Trek as well. Uh, and I'm going with it's got a cool ass name and it, it's able to cloak. I'm going with the Klingon Bird of Prey. because uh, okay. That one can cloak and that, that's sort of their iconic ship uh, in all the movies that, you know, that all the Klingons would fly. So Bird of Prey would be my 109 to round it out. Love that. All right. So let's get into some football stuff. News and notes from around the league. All right, we'll start off here, Sam, with the two notes from the Vikings here. One, uh, Alexander Madison in the concussion protocol, uh, and then a potential return of Justin Jefferson. So one, I want to know with Alexander Madison, uh, is there any running back in that offense that you want to, you know, to have fill in for Alexander Madison that you feel comfortable starting? And then when Jefferson coming back, how does that affect the pass casting options like uh, Addison and then TJ Hawkinson? Um, sorry, what was the last part of that question? As far as how does Jefferson affect TJ Hawkinson and Addison in the offense when he comes back? Does he affect them at all? I mean, he will. He's definitely going to eat into some of their targets. But, I mean, I think at the same time, as of right now where we're sitting, this Vikings team is brand new. I mean, we have a very small amount of data just with Josh Dobbs under center. And everything that we're getting so far is that he's keeping up the pace. He's getting everyone active and involved. And he's also himself been able to run touchdowns in. So, you know, when you look at the way the offense is structured, I think we don't know fully until we see this first game with Justin back. I think that even when 
Justin was in, both Hawkinson and Addison were both used quite a bit. I think it just helps open up the offense for them, and I think it's going to continue to keep them open. And, you know, with the matchups coming up, this one in particular, surprisingly, I'm more excited to watch it now than I think I have before because the Broncos seem revived slightly, or somehow, you know, Sean Payton has figured out the magical recipe to get Russ to cook properly. One of those things has happened, and this is going to be a really fun matchup. I think they'll be slightly more high-scoring than we're really anticipating because if Denver's defense is going to cause them any problems, they're going to want all of these weapons available just to confuse them quite a bit. So I do think that Jefferson, Addison, and Hawkinson remain, I don't want to say equal because that's not really the case, but everyone's going to remain involved. And then as far as the running back that I'd like to see, or trust is kind of a strong word, but Ty Chandler is the one that's out there that made moves this past weekend, so I kind of have to ride with the hot hand. But again, because Josh Dobbs is so mobile himself, it's kind of not really an offense that I'm looking to necessarily buy a lot of. I say that as I put in multiple Ty Chandler bids on my waiver wires this week. But that's because we're looking for a bright spot. And if you know Dobbs doesn't run it in himself, Chandler looks like the best possible option right now. But we'll see what it looks like when Madison comes back or if he could come back this week. Yeah, that running back landscape is pretty ugly right now. And I think Chandler's by default. He's just going to be somebody you're probably going to have to play this week. Ryan, what are your thoughts here on this offense? Uh, Jefferson coming Uh, back and Madison potentially being out. I honestly don't care about the running back still. Like, I want to. I really want to because, you know, it's fun. Ty Chandler, we haven't really gotten to see what we want out of him, but it's vile. If he can't beat out Alexander Madison in a broken Cam Akers at this point, what's that say? Like, it's terrifying. Slim pickings. Um, It is slim pickings. If you have to start him. Okay, that's that's it's not great, but I mean it's a body, so that's cool. Um, as for the receivers, Justin Jefferson's gonna do Justin Jefferson. I may be, I mean you're probably gonna have to start him anyways if you have him, but like it might be a little slow start. But I think he, like Sam said, he opens up everything for everybody, and I think with how well Addison performed, it takes away a little bit of that like just pounding on defenses on Jefferson. Kind of makes his life a little easier too. So even if you see like a 10% volume dip, which you're not going to see much more because he demands the ball. It might be better quality. So I'm fine with that. I love those other two pieces in the offense. And they're a team who still has to score a good bit because their defense isn't great. So they're going to have to throw. I'm cool with that. I love the receivers there. And obviously, Hawk. Yeah, I think just... And oh, by the way, the recipe for Sean Payton cooking, that was great. That pun was phenomenal. It just it just got blown by. That was great. That like threw me off. Everything I was trying to say for a second. Stuff. Uh, yeah, I was going to say this similar thing as far as the run game. You know, there's not much to this run game. It hasn't been good all year. Um, so I do think they're going to pass a ton, which is going to leave enough targets for Addison, for Justin Jefferson, for Hawkinson to all be viable. If you're starting them before, you're starting them after. You're not going to be benching Addison. I think the guys that suffer, you know, the, the sort of ancillary pieces, you know, the KJ Osborne's, those kind of guys won't be viable anymore. But I think the three top guys, Hawkinson, uh, uh, Addison, and of course, Jefferson will all be still viable. Uh, next one, we're going to go to a quarterback here. Matthew Stafford, of course, had the issue with, uh, I believe it was his thumb. Um, supposed to be coming back. We're going to be pushed through it. We know uh, Stafford's been sort of an Iron Man. He's been able to fight through injuries before, but unfortunately, a lot of times it affects his play. Uh, not so much worried about Stafford, uh, Sam, but what about uh, Cooper Cup and, uh, and Puka Nakua? Are you worried at all about their production if Stafford's pushing through injuries here? I mean, like you kind of said, he's pushed through injuries his entire career. And I mean, it's his. Thumb, I guess for me, 
I don't see this one as much of an issue compared to some other injuries that he's had with, you know, some broken fractures in his spine. He's had some dislocated ribs. He's had, you know, some shoulder issues and elbow issues. Just literally everything on this man has been broken. So to me, I'm like his thumb. I'm really not necessarily that concerned, especially with the way that they're set up and just the speed that you have in both Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua. I think that they're both capable of shaking defenders, getting open, and making plays work. And if they have to adjust to a slightly shorter route tree as a result of this, I still see them having a lot of success just because they're that fast. But I honestly don't feel that worried. If they feel confident enough of him coming back, where the Rams are sitting right now, they could just... They they could either pull the cord or keep going, and it feels like McVay doesn't really have stop in his system. So I think that they're going to continue to see this season through, especially with the success that they've seen behind someone like Puka along with Cooper Cup. We want to see what this Rams team is going to look like. They sold all of their assets to get that Super Bowl back in, a couple of years ago, and I feel like they're now starting to see, like, okay, we still have some stuff. We can still make this work. We can try and stay competitive in our division. So I think they're going to try and play this out. And so as long as they feel confident enough to start him, they could have waited one more week. I think we feel good rolling out both Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua this weekend. Yeah. Ryan, where do you stand on this? Um, not, I mean, you got to start him, but I'm not as confident. Um, they have been underperforming the last couple of weeks, and Green Bay's defense really hasn't been that great. Uh, coming up to bye, Seattle gives them a tough game. Arizona's cool, then they have Cleveland, Baltimore going into the fantasy playoffs. Like, they have kind of a rough run. Uh, and if Stafford's a little bit beat up, they don't bring, they're not bringing Carson Wentz for, like, fun. Like, a proven quarterback like him, it's not just – that worries me a little bit, and the health might be worse than we think. Instead, they're just kind of the efficiency isn't there, and we don't know which one of those guys is clicking on any. It's become more of a question because they do play very similar roles, and he's just kind of split it now since Cups come back. Yeah, I'm a little more worried. Like I'm not rolling them out as my wide receiver wide receiver comfortable with that. I'm thinking them more as maybe low end wide receiver two flex options at this point. Yeah, but, I mean you have to start them, but like I'm not as confident. Yeah, I think Cup, you're definitely starting because you probably drafted yeah. him as a starter. I think Puka Nakua, you probably picked up off waivers. Maybe you got somebody that you, you can kind of. Yeah, the way he's been playing, you still got to start him. I think you still put him in there. Especially like like Sam said, if they're starting Matthew Stafford, they have the confidence to start him, then we should have the confidence to play our the guys around him until we see otherwise. Um, so, yeah, I think I'm in the same boat with you all. Ryan, I'm going to go to you on this next one here. This one's uh, with uh, with the Ravens uh, in, uh, in in Bengals game uh, coming up on Thursday night. Is it Thursday night this week? Yep. Yeah, it is Thursday night. Uh, T. Higgins uh, ruled out. We know Jamar Chase has absolutely tra- you know killed the destroyed Ravens, us. destroyed the Ravens in the past. Uh, T. Higgins is officially ruled out. But uh, let's just assume Chase gets his. This past weekend, Tyler Boyd and even to an extent uh, Irwin – uh, had decent games there. Do, do the Ravens let Chase do his thing and then these other pieces shut them down, or do you think they still have some viability in fantasy? I mean, it's weird because they also, on the other side, Baltimore's missing Marlon Humphrey, which hurts the cornerback room on it. But um, I'm sure they're going to give Chase most of the attention and let the other people beat them. The Ravens' secondary has been fantastic this year, even though they had a couple collapses last week because they just... I don't talk about it. They just kind of <laughs> fell apart and like took the feet off the gas. Um, I'm just comfortable with Chase. I'm not in somewhat comfortable with Nixon because they have been getting ran on more than they should have the last against Cleveland. So they showed some sort of uh, affinity giving up the run a little bit last week. But 
I'm not feeling real comfortable about any of this uh, Cincinnati players other than Chase. Chase and, and Mixon, if you have to, pretty much, you're gonna, if you have, you yeah, start. I mean, you have to start. You can't not start Mixon because running back, like we talked about earlier, if you're starting Ty Chandler, you're going to have to start Joe Mixon and you're not feeling great because running back's just a wasteland right now. 100%. What about you, Sam? What are your thoughts on on Tyler Boyd? And uh, I can't think of the guy's first name. I know his last name is Irwin, but is it is it? I, I know it starts with a T, but I can't think of his, his other name. He had no, a, touch, a touchdown. Is it Tyler or Taylor? Yeah, it's, they all. It's just one of those sounds now that just it's lost all meaning. Yeah. Um, Trenton Irwin. Trenton Irwin. There we go. <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, between the two, I mean, I think uh, Irwin came down with the touchdown, but I believe that Tyler Boyd had much a higher amount of the snap yeah. percentage and had a lot more looks. Um, it's just matter if it shakes his way or not. And I think that he had, does have potential. Again, in deep leagues, I'm thinking, you know, multiple flex positions. This is a, a deep situation where you're relying on him and even getting him in there. But, I mean, if the likes of Elijah Moore can get a touchdown last weekend against the Ravens, I think that the odds are pretty good. <laughs> for Tyler Boyd that wasn't meant to be a slight I know it's just it hurts it hurts my soul a little bit (laughs) but that's what I'm saying I think that you know if Chase is gonna be drawing some double coverages and like you just mentioned if your cornerback room is a little bit dinged up then someone like Boyd can sneak through the cracks and get out deep and possibly have a big play upside for you yeah he had that big play last week and then dropped a touchdown too which ended up uh, costing him the game more or less but uh, yeah, I, Boyd isn't your typical receiver three. Like, I think he could be a receiver one on a lot of teams. Um, so I, I think uh, I think him stepping into the receiver two could be a, a you know it's a decent potential to do something even if it's a good defense. All right, let's round it out with a coach firing. Uh, the Bills fired their offensive coordinator. And I know anybody watching that game, you know, saw the, all the turnovers that Josh Allen had. And, and if you're like me, you're watching James Cook just rip off run after run after run after run. And they just, some reason, would go away from him. And Josh Allen went the interception. So, Ryan, I'll go to you. Do you think this helps, you know, that run game a little bit with, uh, with James Cook? And do you think this offense gets back on track? So, I hope it does. And it's, I mean, it can't get much worse than play calling this bad. Um, the issue is imp- implementing a completely new offense in the middle of the season when you have one of the toughest schedules in the NFL coming up. It's going to have its learning curve. Like, there's going to be issues with it. I'm not, I'm kind of viewing everybody how I did. Like, it's not a huge change in my viewpoint till I see. Oh, wow, he is actually using James Cook. It's one of those I'm waiting and seeing because we really don't know if he's going to change it up or if Ken Dorsey was just a scapegoat. Like, yeah. there's, there's a good possibility it's that as well. We don't know at this point. And, yeah, I'm, I hope it works out for him. And, but it's one of those I'm just doing Wait every idea. Yeah, what, yeah. About, what about you, Sam? What are your thoughts here on the firing? And you think it affects the offense at all? Oh, I mean, I definitely feel like I'm leaning more towards the scapegoat narrative right now, but I feel like there's a lot of issues that they're having on both sides of the ball. So I think that making that firing happen as a result of some of the certain, you know, mistakes that they made in the game in a vacuum makes sense, but there's still a lot that's not clicking. There's a lot that's not working. And I don't think that's necessarily all on him. Um, I also, to your point, Ryan, I feel like this is such a tough time of year to make this call especially with their matchups they have coming up. You look at teams like the Raiders that just absolutely cleaned house and they're having amazing success, but they're not having, they don't have these matchups the same way that, you know, the Buffalo Bills have coming up. It's very different. Or the expectations that they, that the Bills have either. No, exactly. And I think that there's a different amount of pressure when you have, 
you know, nothing to lose in terms of the way that the Raiders are playing and they're playing lights out like that. Like, you know, this is our last game and it is fine. And we are a very player forward, player led um, team. And it's kind of makes it more fun, honestly, to watch the Raiders right now as a result of it. So when you look at that and then you also look at this really tough schedule where they've already had a lot of issues, like at least the Raiders have had some bright spots and moments where like, okay, but that works and that's still working. There's just a lot that we've they've left on the table for the bills and we expect more out of them as a result of what we know they're capable of doing. And we've seen those connections in the past. So I think that knowing what has worked in the past and that it hasn't been working this season, it's going to be so much harder to get it work now fluidly with this schedule. Yeah. hundred percent agree with you. Uh, but yeah, it was so frustrating to watch James cook as a James cook owner in my leagues, watching him rip off these runs. And then they get down into the red zone. They put in Latavius Murray or, you know, they have Josh Allen <laughs> throw, throw it and he throws an interception or like, it was just, I'm like, man, he's like ripping off five yard, you know, six yard, eight yard, 10 yard runs. And y'all going away from him. I don't, I don't understand it. So um, hopefully for James Cook's owners out there, hopefully it does switch some things up and gets him some more touches in that offense because we all want to see it for sure. Definitely. All right, let's get to some spade or fade. Spade or fade. All right, we'll kick it off with our with our spades here, Ryan. What you got for your first spade? Uh, I am going with Jerome Ford. Uh, losing to Sean Watson means they're going to rely heavily on the run game, putting in a heavily heavy running quarterback with DTR also normally helps the running back get going. Pittsburgh has, while their defense has been really good this year, mainly against the pass, they've been getting ran on pretty well. And the Browns offensive line just mauls people. I think he kind of keeps it going this week. Yeah, I like Jerome Ford this week. And you're right, the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, if they have a weakness in that defense, it is the run defense for sure. What you got for your spade, Sam? Ooh. And your and the spade is like your must start, right? Yeah, your start. Yep. Um, looking at my teams and who I'm, I guess I'd go with most excited about making sure I get in the game this week. Um, I mean, man, this is so tough. <laughs> if you want, I can I can go first while you figure out which one you want to do. Yeah, if you don't mind. <laughs> yep, sure. Uh, so I'm going with the quarterback. I'm taking uh, C.J. Stroud versus Arizona. Uh, Arizona gives up the eighth most points to quarterbacks. They're 30th in past DVOA. And C.J. Stroud has just been unbelievable. Uh, I have him in a league where I, I picked him up uh, off waivers early in the season. And uh, Trevor Lawrence is my starter, my quote-unquote starter. And I've been playing Stroud over, uh, over Trevor Lawrence most weeks. And I'll continue to do that against Arizona in a, in a great, great matchup. I think the Arizona Cardinals are giving you like 18, almost 19 points per game to quarterback. So uh, Stroud will be my, in, in my lineup in, in most of my leagues that I own him. All right, Sam, what you got? Um, one second. I've got a cat that's trying to get in front of my screen. <laughs> Sorry, we, we, we allow pets in there. Ryan's yeah. dog can make appearances occasionally. It's been a while. <laughs> Anyone that follows me knows that Knox, my black cat, is always trying to interrupt my show. So <laughs> deepest apologies there. You're good. Me. But actually, your call out for CJ Stroud reminded me that I am very excited to get more Tank Dell in there, knowing that Nico oh. Collins is likely not going to go this weekend. He was phenomenal for last weekend, kept me alive in an Eliminator League. So I will pay him my debt and he will go to the top of my list as terms of a must start. Yeah, absolutely. Tank Dell is on my list as well. For the same reason you just mentioned. I mean, that that's he's he's been he's been awesome. I mean, him and uh, Noah Brown, who kind of came out of nowhere, like when did Noah Brown get good? <laughs> like All of a sudden he's like blowing up. <laughs> But uh, yeah, that offense has been really good the last few weeks. 
Ryan, let's do a fade. What you got for a fade? Uh, I am going to fade Josh Allen this week. Again, he's not going to to play him, but I don't feel good, man. The Jets' defense is really good. We come, we're coming off, for what, for, we'll have to be on five days with new offensive coordinator off this just devastating loss. I just, the way this all shakes out, the Jets are going to play ball control. I hate it for him. Like, I'm sure he'll be fine, but my expectations are just very tamped. Yeah. Let me ask you real quick, since we just mentioned the C.J. Stroud, if you have both of those guys, are you playing Stroud over Josh Allen this week? Yeah. Yeah. I think I think you're right. I think I, I don't feel com- I mean, I feel weird. I feel gross doing it. Yep. But you know what? C.J. Stroud's a stud. Yep. 100 um, percent. All right. So I'm going to give one of my fades here. I'm going to be fading Isaiah Pacheco uh, coming off of a bye week before the bye week. He had he had one of his worst games of the season, but he gets to play the Eagles. Uh, who give up the fewest points to running backs and they're ranked number two in DVOA. Uh, and the way you beat the Eagles is through the air. That's just how you beat them. And, you know, the, the Chiefs love to throw the football. So I do think that that's going to be their game plan to throw the football over the field. Uh, Pacheco takes a back seat this week. So I will be fading uh, Pacheco uh, in all of my lineups this week. Sam, what you got for a fade? Uh, going back and forth between my fades, but I think I'm going to have to lean with Adam Zeelan, who has started the season off bright and absolutely completely tapered off, and he has a very tough matchup against Dallas this weekend. So um, if you have him right now, you're probably grateful in terms of like myself. I've been grateful for him getting me to 8-2 and two in a league I definitely don't deserve to be. However, I'm going to be pivoting this weekend and trying to find some fantasy bright spots elsewhere. Good stuff. Yeah, you, you must be peeking at my list because I had both Tank Dell on my my spades and I had Adam Thielen as one of my fades as well. So good call. Sniped it. <laughs> Let's go back around one more time, Ryan. Give us another spade. Um, My other spade, oh, my close my list there, is Brandon Ayuk. I love, their, I love his matchup this week. Um, I think we're starting to see Brock Party cook a little bit again. And Tampa Bay is getting thrown, giving up a good amount of points to the wide receiver position. I like him nice little I like him this week. Yeah, I think I, I don't know if I said it on this show, if I said it on my Friday show, but I said that Ayuk is just missing the touchdowns. And of course, last week he got his touchdown. So uh, it was a little bit of a fluky play the way he caught it, but I'll take it any way I can get it. So yeah, Ayuk is a, is a great play this week. I hate doing 49ers plays. Do you want to show them? <laughs> I really do. Wait, as a Ravens fan, have you heard all of this, like, you know, tinfoil hat nonsense about the Super Bowl logos dictating the teams that are going to be in Super Bowl? And it's yeah, I pray, I pray, I pray Niners, that's true. Niners, Ravens. Oh, okay, so is that where a lot of this is coming from? <laughs> no, I just, I just don't. He just like knows. Talk he up just Jeff. knows I don't that. Like to talk up Jeff's team. Yeah, he just knows I'm a Niners fan, so that's what no, it is. But I, 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 my obsession with conspiracy theories makes me pray that one's true. <laughs> oh my god, I love it. <laughs> All right, so my other spade uh, is going to be, I'm going to stick with that same game on the opposite side that I picked uh, CJ Stroud. I'm going with Trey McBride. Um, he's had, he had eight targets last Great week one. with uh, Kyler Murray, over 131 yards. Murray just kept going to him over and over and over again. Uh, we're finally seeing that breakout that I'd hope we had seen earlier in the season when I thought Ertz wasn't going to play. Uh, now that Ertz is out, McBride's finally having his breakout year. Um, so, yeah, I love me Trey McBride this week for sure. Uh, Sam, you got another spade? Yeah, I do. And I'm going to keep it with the tight ends along with yourself. And I'm going to go Jake Ferguson. He's got a really good matchup this weekend against Carolina. And I think that he's shown himself to be very trustworthy so far this season, especially the last three weeks in particular. Um, Touchdown each of those weeks. So I think that we see that train continue to roll forward for him. I like it. I like it. 
Um, all right. Uh, let's see. Did I give? I gave my spade. You gave your. Like, the, We're fade. Yeah, let's do fades one more time, Ryan. Go back through one more fade. Uh, I'm going with. Sorry, Sam. Steelers running backs with Jalen Warren and Ajay Harris. I know everyone's super excited today when um, uh, they announced Jalen Harris or Jalen Warren. So I just combined them into one person. Jalen Warren was the starting running back, but um, one Steelers beat writer, uh, Farba, I can't think of his first name, was talking about how that's like a deceiving thing where they were co-starters last week and it's still a split backfield, mm-hmm. which adds a confusion. And there's the fact that Cleveland's run defense is just absolutely absurd. I I want no parts that I honestly don't want parts of anybody other than thrown forward in this game. Yeah. But man, yeah, their defense is unbelievable. It's not going to run down. I just don't want any parts of that, especially when it's a split backfield. And a lot more split than I think we want it to be. Yeah, so I, I had three names written down. Uh, Pacheco, I mentioned already. Sam took my Adam Thielen, and then I had the, the Steelers back in the backfield. I mentioned the Eagles being number two run defense versus the, the running backs. The Browns are number one, and it's by, by far. So uh, I want nothing to do with that Steelers backfield for sure. Sam, one yeah, last... I don't want to do with it either. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> yeah. I think to your point, though, about the way that they made that announcement, and I think it's more of like a shell game a bit for Mike Tomlin right now with the running backs, especially going into this matchup. It could also be considered, I don't want to say load management because that's not really the right term, but if we don't see a lot of Najee Harris in this one, I think it's for his health and well-being because the type of style runner that he is is not going to lend itself well against this defense. And I think in order to keep the future of him healthy, it's going to make more sense to have someone like Jalen Warren go for some of these short yardage plays. And really the way that they're going to have to play this one is going to be through the air. And that's going to be really brutal. So I think that they're going to try to buy time with Warren and that's probably why he's going to see this field more. So if anything, this announcement is more setting up so that they don't have to answer the question next week of what happened to Najee. Why didn't you play him as much? They're like, no, we're going to give the start to Warren this week. And I think this is really much more of a situational move than it is a longevity move for yeah. the running backs. There's also the fact Conlon has never told the truth in an interview <laughs> or given like, he's never given a definite answer. And you don't it's love am- my coach. I love my coach. No, no, no. I love the fact that he never tells people anything. Yeah. It's hilarious. And yeah. every time I enjoy his interviews thoroughly, but he never tells anybody anything. Fair enough. Which he makes this even scary. But that's what makes this comment even weird. <laughs> We're tinfoil hat in this one, too. Let's go. <laughs> you got one last fade there, Sam? Oh, I could spike it back your way and say I don't want any of your Ravens running backs. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. I, especially in this matchup, I think that um, the way that the Ravens will play the Bengals is probably going to be through the air. And I think that this is one I actually like Zay Flowers a lot in this matchup this week for that reason. Um, but also when they get in close, it's going to be Lamar at the end of the day. So if I have to roll the dice and pray that Gus Edwards falls into the end zone, I probably don't have a wing and a prayer to win my week. So I'd like to just focus elsewhere. Fair enough. Yeah. That's... Gus loves falling into the end zone. It's the rest of the carries for <laughs> Gus. It's scary. Though. Yeah. 100%. All right. That wraps up our spade or fade. Let's get down to our underdog pick of the week. Prop bet of the week. All right, Pick'ems of the Week is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Check out their industry-leading best ball leagues, huge tournaments, private leagues, uh, and Pick'ems, which we're about to do now for every major sport. Use our promo code GF2 and sign up and get a deposit match up to 100 bucks. It's as simple as that. Use promo code GF2 uh, and start winning some Pick'ems. And let me go ahead and bring up our Pick'ems screen here. And for the first time, Ryan, 
First time all year. We hit all three of our pickums last week. Yeah. Yeah. It's the one week that I picked the insurance where you don't get paid as much if you win. And, of course, we hit all three of them in the one week that I picked the that, insurance. That's what you get for being a coward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Ryan. So we'll start with you here. What you got for uh, your uh, for your prop? I'm keeping it straight with my spade. Um, Jerome Ford at 48 and a half rushing yards is feels low with how much he's been carrying the ball. We have seen 20 carries, 17 carries the last two games. Better keep going. All right, 48 and a half. So we're going higher on the 48 and a half, Jerome Ford. And Sam, if you don't have one yet, just give me a team or a game and I can pull it up and we can go through the what's 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 available. Um, sure. Let's go over to that Texans game, and I want to just take whatever the over is for CJ Stroud this All week. All right, let's go. I thought you were going to say Tank Dell. I thought you were doubling down too. Yes. Well, <laughs> can we combine them? Can we do both? <laughs> sure, we can go. We could do four. Let's do four. Make it a four legger. Yes. Yeah, there we go. Oh, weird. they don't. They don't have CJ Stroud on here. They only have Tank Dell. Okay. Well, let's go with Tank Dell then, because I like the higher for him as well. All right, higher at fifty-two and a half. We're going to take the higher on Tank Dell. And I'm going to be going to my 49ers and I am going to take the higher on Mr. Brandon Ayuk at 65 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I don't know why they put the, that, that in there, but I will take the higher on that. Uh, I do think he gets uh, he gets loose this weekend and has a couple big, big gainers. So I will take Ayuk. Uh, so that's it. So to recap here, we got Jerome Ford. We're going higher at 48 and a half rushing yards. We're going higher on Tank Dell at 52 and a half receiving yards. And we're going higher on Brandon Ayuk's 65 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Let me drop my uh, my five dollars on that. And we'll keep it standard this week. I know I'm not going to take the insurance. We're not going to chicken out this week. No, no being a coward. <laughs> All right. And there we go. Picks are in. Now let's do some buy or sell. What you gonna do? Buy or sell? All right. As uh, as you may or may not know, a lot of uh, deadlines are coming up here for trade deadlines. I know Sleepers, I think, was this week. I think ESPNs is coming up in a week or so. Uh, so we're going to look at some guys that we're either buying or selling uh, before the trade deadline approaches here. And uh, Ryan, I'll go to you first here. Give me one of your buys. Um, I'm going back about how Sam was talking about Denver kind of starting to heat up earlier. And I'm going with the true engine of that offense. And that's Javante Williams. Since they've been doing good, we've seen 15 carries, 27 carries, 21 carries, four targets, three targets, four targets. He is getting involved and he is the catalyst of that offense. And if they're making a run down the stretch, them winning with him doing well just shows that's how we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah, I like Spunta Williams a lot. I actually sold him in one of my leagues. I just couldn't no longer be patient with him anymore, and I sold him. But um, I ended up getting Nico Collins, which I'm still happy with. But Spunta uh, Williams has been an absolute beast the last couple of weeks. Uh, I'll go next with my buy. Uh, I'm going to stick with the running backs. And I'm going to take a guy that's getting a little bit uh, long in the tooth. I uh, had a couple bad games recently that people might be down on him. Uh, but I'm going to be buying Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has an awesome sort of schedule down the stretch. He has the Jags this week. Then he has the Panthers. He has the Colts. He has the Dolphins, the Seahawks, and the Texans. He has twice, including in the playoffs as well. Uh, so I'll take Derrick Henry uh, as, a, as, a, as a guy right now. You probably can get fairly cheap. People are kind of out on him. I see. I hear a lot of Taji Spears talk, him taking over the backfield. And I think once, uh, once it starts to get cold and it gets to be those uh, 
weather games, it's going to be all Derrick Henry. And against those defenses, I'll take him all day. Sam, what you got for your buy? Love the Derrick Henry one. That definitely was going to be mine. Um, okay, so it's looking like uh, this is probably talking into some of the other stuff that we're going to talk about later. But Michael Thomas is not looking good after that injury this weekend. So I'm actually buying more Chris Olave wherever I can get him. In terms of where I'm using him, I'm using more as a wide receiver too as well in terms of my value. And I think because he hasn't had necessarily the huge burst every single week, you could probably get at a decent value as well. But rest of season, I definitely like his volume. Yeah, I love that call. And I think that, you know, he's he's had sort of the, the usage. It's just the big plays haven't been there. I think if he can get yeah. those big plays, I think we'll go back to loving Chris Olave because he's, he's just that good. I, I like that call. Uh, Ryan, we'll go to you. Uh, let's, do, let's do one more buy. Oh, we're doing buy first? I had my sell-up. Um, son of a biscuit. Um, Sorry. <laughs> he had me all thrown off, and I had it off there with me. One <laughs> second now. I, like, my brain just stopped on Your me. brain is saying, Sorry. buy all. I, my, I threw, <laughs> threw you off there. My bad. I'm, I'm doing my sell anyway, except the stuff up for it. Um, oh, you know Hold on. You got me flustered. I unplugged my headphones. <laughs> Jeff, go to you first. I, all right. Like I, my, I, my brain, I just had a brain stop. All right. We, we could have gone sell. Hurts. My bad. My bad. I'll, I'll, I'll you do. Just, you just ruined me. Uh, I'll, do a, <laughs> I'll do a buy, and then you can you can do whatever one you want, buy or sell. Uh, I'm going to be buying Tony, Tony Pollard. Uh, if you look at his usage, we talked about this on the DFS show. We keep expecting this to be a breakout. He has the most red zone carries of any running back. Uh, fortunately, he has not scored a touchdown in weeks and weeks. Uh, it has to be some positive regression. People are talking about Rico Dwaddle, uh being the, the guy now. I don't buy it. I think Tony Pollard is still the guy. And I do think that Dallas down the stretch will finally find a way to get him into the end zone. And I think if you can get him at a cheap price, uh, I'll take Tony Pollard, especially in the, the running back landscape that we have right now, being as tough as it is. Uh, I think Pollard is a good buy right now. All right, Ryan, are you ready now? Yeah, I'm buying Garrett Wilson. I think because of lack of touchdowns, we've kind of dipped on him a little bit. But he's still getting heavily targeted. And if there is that slight chance Rodgers comes back, that could change. I, I know it's a long shot, but you know what? He's still playable. He's still getting more and more involved in the offense. I think Zach Wilson's getting a little more, a little more confident. But I love the volume we've seen the last four weeks. Target monster it's right just, now. He's a target monster. We've seen over 80 yards four weeks in a row. It's just he hasn't gotten in the red zone. You know what? That's really startable. And you can play him as a nice floor play with you toss a couple touchdowns in there, especially when he has some shootouts coming down the stretch in the playoffs with Atlanta, Houston, Miami, Washington in the fantasy playoffs. He gets in the red zone a couple of times. He blows up. Yeah, 100%. I love it. Sam, I'll give you the option to do a buy or a sell, whatever one you want to do. Yay, I have a buy ready. I'm excited. Okay, um, I'm going to go with Rashad White as a buy. Um, outside of this weekend, so I'll put a little asterisk on it, obviously against the Niners. This is going to be a really tough one for him to show up. But I think for that reason, you could actually sneak him away from somebody who's nervous about the matchup this weekend. And if you're in a situation where you're like, I can stand to not have him be his best this weekend, then you can get some good value here because then he's got the Colts, the Panthers, Falcons, and Packers. And then Jacksonville, that's just not been consistent in terms of their defense as well. So I think that he has a really good playoff window as well. And he's been on a bit of an uptick in terms of how he's performed beginning of the season. He didn't have a much of a bright start, but these last four weeks, he's really rounded it out. Well, yeah, a hundred percent. I agree there. We, we call him ETN light on the DFS podcast. Cause I like he's been getting a ton of work in both the, uh, the, the passing game and the running game. He's getting like 80% of the snaps right now. So he, he's been a beast lately. So I love that one. 
Um, all right, I'll kick off the sales here, and I'm going to be selling uh, Saquon Barkley if I can sell him on name value. Uh, this offense is not really that good, and it's you know it's a lot of you know three yard carries for Saquon Barkley. I mean, he's probably going to break one here and there, and you're just not going to know when that's going to happen. He's going to kill you otherwise. Uh, and his playoff matchups are the Saints, the Eagles, uh, and the Rams. So a pretty uh, pretty brutal uh, matchup run there for the playoffs. So if you can sell Barkley on name value. Uh, I would try to get out of Barkley right now if, if if you possibly can. All right, Ryan, now you got your sell? Yeah, I'm selling him. It's a guy I like, but I'm selling while the iron's hot off for two good games. I'm selling Ramadre Stevenson. I just don't trust this Patriots offense. I know he's had back-to-back good games where he's finished top 20, but like, it's too inconsistent. They don't fully trust him or they're not trying to win. I don't know what the hell's going on. But I'm trying to get out from under it while I can and maybe get good value out of it. Yeah, as a reminder, Steve is an owner, too. They're using Zeke more and more, it seems. Like, he seems to be getting a lot like, more run lately. So he's really hurting the, me. The fact he went from nine carries to 20, like, it's just inconsistent. All over like, last place. week was an anomaly from this entire season. I don't know why, but I'm going to try to sell him while I can. Yeah, I, I agree there. What about you, Sam? I'm going back and forth on mine because I feel like he's already petered out. But as much as I can try and get something for this guy, I'm going to be selling Jacoby Myers. Um, I, I was, I'm, like I said, I'm excited about the Raiders offense. I think there's a lot of upside. However, again, this being a player-led team, at the first and foremost, Monte Adams is going to continue to eat. So I just feel like the days of trying to get the ball spread evenly are kind of behind us. Um, and then especially going into the rest of the fantasy playoffs, I don't necessarily love the matchup this weekend against Miami. Chiefs coming up. Um, I just, I, I'm just seeing that it's going to start to continue to peter out. I don't think there's a lot of continued boom upside for him. Yeah, I agree. I think quarterbacks kind of hurt him as well. So, yeah, um, yeah, good call. Uh, let's do one more sell. I'll start off here with uh, with a guy we talked about on the podcast, and we talked about it all season about how he's been, you know, he's been the guy in this offense all off season. But the last couple of weeks, it's been sort of switching a little bit, of changing in the guard. Uh, Kenneth Walker uh, getting out snapped the last three weeks by uh, by Charbonnet. Uh, it's it's a little bit overplayed because it's more fifty fifty than anything else. He's not being out snapped by a ton. Uh, it's like 49 to 51. It's like really close, but even close to 50 50 uh, on Kenneth Walker. If you can get a good haul for him, because he's still ranked pretty high in, in most fancy rankings, uh, if you could sell him a little bit and see what you can get for him, uh, I'm okay selling Kenneth Walker. Even if you sold Kenneth Walker and got uh, got Zach Charbonnet and got you know something else on top of that, uh, because of the just the the way that they're ranked currently, I think Walker is, is quite a bit more valuable. Um, so he's somebody I'm trying to sell right now. I'm not going out of my way to try to sell him. I think he'll be fine. Uh, but if I can move him for a pretty good package, I think I'm trying to get rid of uh, Walker right now. Right, um, Ryan, you got another sell? Yeah, I'm selling the tandem of the Rams wide receivers. We touched on it earlier. I just, I have my issues with, I don't know who's getting the ball. I don't feel fully confident all the time. I think both have enough people who like them where you can get somebody to pay you something good for them. And like, even like we talked about, about Chris Olave as a buyer earlier, like there's a chance you can change trade Cooper cup for him. And I'd feel much more comfortable because he's getting the ball. Yeah. Like I think you can buy a good player for either one of them and be happy and be a little bit more confident on a week to week basis consistently wise. I like it. I like it. Sam, you got one last sell here. I'm gonna sell. 
I don't know that I do. I mean, I was kind of thinking this might be too spicy of a take, but I'm looking to, and this again, completely depends on your league. I have a dynasty league that I'm in right now where we have a lot of different types of assets. So we've got draft picks, we've got lots of different capital to trade and going into next season and trying to finish this year strong, I've got Sam Laporta, who's been fantastic for me in the tight end position. So I might move to trade Travis Kelsey and get me some draft picks. And I actually think that that could work well for rest of season two with just how up and down his play has been. Um, I just think that right now I still have value for him on name alone. And specifically in Dynasty, I could get a lot of assets if I'm in the need of a rebuild or if I need to reshape my team going into next year. I think it could be I kinda like that. good value. I, I, I say I weirdly support that. Like, this has been, I don't want to say a drop-off, because he's still Travis Kelsey. He's still, he's really still Travis Kelsey. But, like, it's a drop-off, and he's, what, 34, about to be 35? But there is yeah. there is one caveat to all this that you're not considering is uh, Taylor Swift's concert will be over with next year and she'll be able to go to all the games. Have you seen his splits with next Taylor year? Swift? Will be better. Yeah, but yeah, <laughs> she'll be at all the games next year. <laughs> yeah, and she's on her world tour right now, so she's not going to go to any games. Yep. So this weekend they've got Philly, and that's going to be tough because apparently both parents are going to get to meet this weekend, and that should be fun. However. <laughs> I don't know that he's going to necessarily have amazing week rest of playoffs because they're going to have a tough matchup against Buffalo. New England defense still going to put up some sort of fight left in them in week 15. Um, The weeks that should have better output, but I think are going to be better for other players would be against the Raiders and the Packers. But this weekend I'm kind of on a mixed field 50, 50 on whether or not I think Kelsey's actually going to show up against the Eagles. Yeah. Good point. All right, let's get to some listener questions. Go ahead. Ask me anything. All right, we'll just alternate these ones. We'll start with you, Ryan. This one. This one's from Cleedy on the Discord. Uh, it's a sit-start question. He wants to know in his flex, full PPR, Deontay Johnson or Zay Flowers this week? This week, I'm going Zay Flowers. She talked about that earlier with how this is probably gonna be more of a passing game. And for Baltimore against Cincinnati being has to be a little bit more of a shootout. The Browns are just a nightmare matchup for anybody. I don't see myself wanting to bench Deontay in any situation because he's a target monster. But I'm at this point in the season, there's a good chance you're playing for upside. And I'm going to leave and say, Yeah, I think I'm with you 100%. I think, I think it's very I'm, close. I'm trying to like, find I, a way to- I almost said. The opposite. Like it's, it's close for him. It's very close. And he must have a pretty good team to have to bench one of these guys for sure. Because I think both guys, in most lineups that I'm playing in, I'm trying to play both of them. So I don't know who he's playing over over one of these guys. But um, I think I'm going to say Flowers as well for the upside. Yeah, I think I'm going to have to lean Deontay and not be a homer about it. But again, like I said <laughs> earlier, I do think that it's hard. But I think that the Steelers, in order to win, they're going to have to win through the air in this one. And for that reason, I think that Deontay holds value a little bit, just a slight bit more than Zay Flowers. Fair enough. All right, Sam, this one's from AD99 on Discord. Uh, rest of season, full PPR. He wants to know, do you want uh, Alave or Javante Williams? Two guys we just talked about on the podcast tonight. We did, um, which is kind of a little bit of a mixed bag because we're looking at a receiver versus a running back in terms of rest of the season. So I have much different potential, much different upside. I think I like the upside for Javante a little bit more just in terms of the fact that he's also involved in the receiving game as well. So you've got a little bit of a bump there. 
So PPR, I like that a lot. I did also mention earlier that with Michael Thomas likely to be out for a significant number of games, Olave is going to have an amazing workload. However, he's had decent work, but like you mentioned earlier, Jeff, he hasn't had those really big plays. Mm -hmm. And I just don't think that the quarterback play is there to give him the big plays. You're going to have volume, but you're not going to have those big plays, those big breakout moments. And I think that Javante's still got enough left in the tank and in the schedule to give you some of those big plays. Yeah, I think I'm agreeing agreeing with you as there. Javante Williams has had just a huge workload. Um, Just his floor alone, I think, gives you enough. And then you have the big plays and touchdowns to go along with it. Definitely. Next one for you, Ryan. This is a trade offer here. Devontae Adams for Alave. Once again, mentioned Alave and Kincaid. And I did, uh, I put the whole chat there because I wanted to make sure that it was redraft because that might change your answer. So it is redraft. Uh, and if he gives up Kincaid, his other tight end is Mark Andrews. So that might uh, affect your opinion there. Okay. Honestly, um, I'm probably keeping Alave and uh, Kincaid. I like the idea of Alave getting heavily targeted more. I think. I don't know how long this Raiders thing's going to last, like how much they're going to keep putting on emotion. And similar to like we talked about Jacob Myers earlier, there's a lot of question marks to that team the whole way around. And Kincaid's heating up at the tight end position. He's just slightly moving up every week. I think he's the second best target in that offense. And maybe their new offense, there's a chance their new offense coordinator can put him in. And I'm comfortable starting him in most weeks, which. Yeah, you have Andrews, but it's still nice to have it. Maybe you can move it to something a little better. Yeah, I, I think I'm with you, too. I think I actually had on my my fade list, we didn't get to him, but I had Adams as one of my fades, not my fades, my uh, my sells, uh, trying to sell him for, this, for the end of the season. I just think, you know, quarterback play is tough. He's getting targets. He's not really putting up points, though, because their offense hasn't really been great. Him and Olave are .1 fantasy points a game apart. Wow. And you're giving up a top 12 tight end for that difference. Yeah. I, I agree. I think I'm staying. Um, all right, Sam, this next one's for you. Uh, this is another trade offer. This one is DeAndre Swift and Josh Downs, and he's getting back uh, Jameer Gibbs. It's a uh, it's a 10-man PPR with two flexes. So, again, that's DeAndre Swift and Josh Downs for uh, Jameer Gibbs. Okay, DeAndre Swift, Josh Downs for Jameer Gibbs. Um I love me some Jameer Gibbs. I got way too much of him in this offseason. And when he got hurt, I was crying quite a bit. Um, I don't cry at really anything um, except for (laughs) sports. So it's like literally the only time I cry. I'll watch any kind of horribly sad movie and my friends think I'm dead inside because I don't cry. (laughs) But the opening ceremony of the Olympics, I fall like a baby. It's terrible. Um, Rest of season, I definitely would rather have the Gibbs side of this. And just in terms of volume, upside, the Lions are playing for playoffs right now, and they have no stop in them. What's great, I think, as well, is because D- David Montgomery is back, it's going to help him not to have to shoulder the entire run game on his own. So you're going to get much more balance, especially in PPR formats. He's going to own the middle of the field in all of those targets. Montgomery's likely to be the one that falls in the end zone and short rushing yardage as well. But I think that Gibbs still has really good value and volume heavy enough in the middle of the field there with his reps to keep him very fantasy relevant, valuable, and has best upside, I think, compared to the other two. Yeah, I'm with you. And I think it comes down to to Swift not getting those touches in the in the in the red zone with uh with Jalen Hurts taking all those touchdowns. So 
Uh, and we saw a little bit of a change in the guard last week because Jameer Gibbs got the the shorter touchdowns where Montgomery had a score from 70 yards out just to get his touchdown. But, um, you know, Gibbs has played so well, it's hard to ignore them. He, you have to give him the ball. So I think Gibbs is where I'm going here as well. Uh, we got a dynasty question here. I'm going to uh, give this to both of y'all, but we'll ask you first, Ryan. Uh, are you buying or selling Bryce Young in Dynasty? Uh, Father Dynasty is the, uh, asking the question here, and he's got him on a roster, 10-team, start nine, super flex, PPR. Um, are you buying or selling Bryce Young right now? So if you have him on your team, I don't think it's going to sell at all because you're selling low. There's not a single person out there who has confidence what the Panthers are doing. And with how bad that team is and that surrounding cast is, I don't want to say it's the only way you can go is up because obviously we've seen players just burn out. But at this point in his career, it's a young quarterback in a terrible situation. Have a little bit of patience. I think you can buy him super cheap right mm-hmm. now, and it's worth taking the shot on getting him cheap. Just don't overpay for him. I bet you can get him for a second now, and or pretty close to that in super flex. Yeah. And I'm cool with that because of just with that value drop and you have the upside of a starting quarterback. But yeah, I think it's just being some patience. We're sometimes we just rush these young guys yep. and we turn on too quick in fantasy. And I don't think this is the time to do it. Yeah, I think we've seen it in the past where like if you have a couple rookie quarterbacks come out and one of the rookie quarterbacks is having an amazing season, aka TJ Stroud, we judge the other rookies against that guy. Uh we had we had a couple years ago with Justin Herbert when he came out and had his amazing season. We compared the rookies to Justin Herbert. Uh, and that's you know panned out a little bit differently. So yeah, I I think I'm with you. What about you, Sam? What are your they thoughts have, on? Oh, us, go ahead. Well, what's that? I say they have 57 million in cap space next year. They can make some moves. Yeah, they have nothing around them right now, so it's hard for him to be good with nothing around him. Sam, what are your thoughts on Bryce Young? Buy or sell? I mean, to your point, Ryan, I don't know that you're going to have a lot of buyers, so I don't think that this is exactly the time. I think this is a wait and see um this is not a weight with confidence though i mean yes they do have cap space they have six picks next year they don't have a first round pick though so could they make some moves in order to grab a first round pick i'm not sure they have the equity for that so this is going to be a slower rebuild thankfully you're in dynasty so in dynasty you can wait and you can play the slow game and if you're in a 10 team league there's going to be other quarterbacks to go around that you can actually afford to wait on someone like him um to could be coached not only coached up but allow that team to build and get some more assets to make him more um, viable because he did show amazing connection with the likes of adam thielen who had a little renaissance earlier this season um so he can do the right things but it's having the right equity behind him so i think that you should be in a position where you can maybe make other moves for temporary you know if you're looking to make the playoffs or make a win for this year there's other moves you can make and no one's going to really want to buy Stroud from you anyways but again if you're in this type of a league for Superflex, you can taxi him for a season and allow him to cook for a little bit longer because the panthers are going to allow him to cook they spent the value on him yep. and they're not exactly like some of the other teams that will spend a first round pick and then just spend it again to try and get him for the next year i think they're going to be a bit more conservative in this draft coming up and not try to make a play for one um, so yeah, I think that they're gonna, they're gonna wait and see and allow time to happen for, for Bryce Young. Yeah. When you're the number one overall pick, you got a little bit of a leeway. They'll give you a couple of years before they start making any decisions on that. So yeah, he's, he's got at least two years. He's got next year will be another build and depending on their positioning and how they end the season, they'll maybe have one more year before they really start to panic. Yep. Agreed. 
One last question here, Ryan. This is from uh, Going for Two's own Dr. Jim. Um, he wants to know, with the current crop of rookie tight ends and their relative you know, immediate success that we always say wait on tight ends, uh, is this an outlier, you think, or is this a sign of things to come in the NFL? Um, I th- That's a hard question like that because it is the talent-wise. Like, these guys we've seen are extremely talented. Like, Sam Laporta, it was Brody Lee athleticism, well-rounded. This year, we've seen the last couple of years tight, good tight ends who have talent take a little bit longer. Um, it's I think it's very situationally if players special. Like next year with Brock Bowers coming out, I have full confidence he could have an instant impact. But somebody with not as much of a pedigree, maybe not. Like I think it's a case by case basis, which a lot of times is in fantasy football. We just kind of get caught in these trends. Yeah. I think it's an outlier, but not maybe in extremes a little bit too far because. There have been guys who blown up the rookie year, and then you got guys like Cole Komet, who's in year four, Probably who great. had that talent. It's taken a while. It's just situation matters, landing spot matters. He Laporta landed an offense where the tight end matters, and is a big part of it. Like yeah. it's just it's case by case. Agreed. Sam, what are your thoughts? You are you on the same page with that? Yeah, kind of case by case basis. It's all situational. And I don't know, I, I think everyone says this every year, but this year has felt absolutely horrible for injuries. Feels like it's the worst that's ever happened to us, and it's only going to get worse. Just like climate change, it's only going to get worse in terms of injuries until the turf fields start getting changed out. Um, but to that end, teams have had to lean on different types of playmakers, and I do think that the tight end position is continue to change and evolve a lot like the rest of the positions so far in the NFL. Quarterbacks are getting more mobile. Um, running backs are being used more in the passing game and tight ends are being leaned on on more than just blocking. So I think that we're going to continue to see some of these amazing athletes come out where they show a lot of versatility. Um, I mean, I, we mentioned, obviously, Sam Laporta was very successful. Michael Mayer's had some little sparks as well. Kincaid. Um, you know, there's... Uh, Mus- you know, Musgrave, another one. Luke Musgrave. Um, and again a lot of the result of them having to step up is because of injuries, because of poor play, they're going to have to lean to other players. And when you've got that athleticism, you're leaning for it. Of course, we were all hoping for this for Kyle Pitts, but I think we know coaching wise, it wasn't ever in the cards for him. Yeah. Um, so I do think going forward, we could maybe begin to hope for such, but I don't know that we should allow it to completely reflect the way that we're changing our draft strategy for them. I think we continue to take flyers on one of these tight ends, maybe a little bit sooner than normal. But I don't think that we should be going out in our first four rounds and really rolling the dice with a rookie tight end. I think that there's a certain amount of hype that we can get excited for these players. But we still kind of need to keep our ADPs in check going into the season because, again, situation can change. Injuries can change everything as well. ADP never stays in check. Yeah. <laughs> like we, try. At, it, we, try. we try. It never does. It's like my budget for Christmas shopping. We start with one and we try and keep it with the bumpers on. And then we accept that it's going to change. Yeah, it's 100%. I love it. All right, <laughs> let's get to our final segment of the night. Get ready for goingfor2.com's Forgotten Fantasy Player of the Week. All right, uh, Sam, who you got? Uh, give us some of your hints here for, our, for your Forgotten Fantasy Player. How obscure can I go with my hints? Obscure as you need to. It's up to you. This is, this is your segment. You go out however yeah, you want. We- okay. He was a player that I drafted as part of one of my first fantasy leagues in college, and I was very excited about him. 
so we'll leave it there. So, it's not a quarterback. So now you have me and Ryan position. guessing your age, trying to figure yeah, out when you were in college. Age, that I know better. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll give you a hint. I graduated college in 2010. Okay. You played freshman year? Um, I oh, you said this year you graduated. I, I mean, yeah, it, it's within my last two years of college. Okay. All right. So it was an, it was an early pick then. Um, not only was he someone that was probably a little bit of a darling at the time, but his hot year, I want to say, was 2014. 2014, okay. And it was Dynasty, so I kept him that whole time. He became precious to me. Okay. I feel like, I, I feel like my year's off. No. Did you give us a position? I, I, I... I can give you a position. It's a receiver. All right, so a receiver. Um, 2014 wide receiver. His quarterback, amongst other quarterbacks of the same team, likes to jump around to different teams to try and find other goodness. Um, quarterback that likes to jump around or that was well it, it sure around. felt that way <laughs> they seemed they seemed really upset with the team and they're like all right now we need to part ways and i'm going to start fresh elsewhere okay that should that should open some doors up because i was thinking fitzpatrick but he's always been forced out he's never been like i want to go somewhere <laughs> else <laughs> yeah maybe quarterbacks that pierre garçon <laughs> no I'll, I'll stick with the quarterbacks because I think it's going to help you with this receiver. Um, their quarterbacks have been a little bit of a flair for either the commercial or the dramatic. Oh, man. Steve Smith. Should I narrow it down a little bit more? Deshaun Jackson. No. All right. Yeah, give us some Santana more. Santana Moss. No, not Santana Moss. All right, let's, let's help you with the division. We're looking in the NFC North. NFC North quarterback that wanted to jump around to other teams. We're talking about his receiver. This was a favorite guy of his. Not Randy Moss. No. Brandon Marshall. No, that's not. I'm that in was the, wrong the first person I was on the guess, but he's like, okay, he's I'll help a little bit he was more. on my fantasy teams in college. Yes. He's, a, he's a Packer. A wide receiver Jordan. favorite of a Packer quarterback. Jordy Nelson. Yes. Oh, there we go. <laughs> I love Jordy. I love me my Jordy Nelson. He was he, fantastic he was a for me. Staple on my team. Such yeah. a staple, such a stud. The drop off was quick and harsh, but when he the rise was nice. It was. Yeah. <laughs> the he, dramatic quarterback thing is a great hand. It just really threw me off. It did throw me off. Yeah. That's what, hey, you know, Brett Favre's commercial You're and right. Aaron Rodgers is quite dramatic. <laughs> You're hundred <laughs> percent right on that. hundred percent right. Great great one. I love it. I love it. That was fun. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps the podcast up. I want to thank you, Sam, for for coming on. I know we had some issues with some scheduling that we had to reschedule you, but I'm glad we were able to fit you in. Uh, As always, great to have you on the show. If you wanted to uh, quickly plug your your Twitter handle and anything that you're working on over at uh, Fancy Life. Awesome. Thank you guys again so much for having me. I know that scheduling this time of year is brutal, but I so appreciate you getting me on. It's always so much fun um, getting to talk shop with you guys and 
I don't know. You guys just make me so happy. I, it's always a smiling day when I get to <laughs> um, record with you both. But yeah, if you guys want to check me out, I'm at Samantha R. Holt on Twitter and at Sam underscore awesome on Instagram. You can find all of my stuff over at fantasylife.com, not only just graphics and illustrations. Make sure that you follow, like, and comment on all of our fun podcasts that we drop every week. I'm on the Matchups episode, which drops every Friday. We record on Thursdays and we break down four amazing matchups with a lot of fantasy potential and a lot of fades and starts that you must make sure you pay attention to every week. Good stuff. Ryan, what you got going on? Uh, Twitter Fox 534 here Wednesday nights over at the Rookie Big Board Down City Board podcast Wednesday mornings. I'll be off the next week or two here. So I'll catch y'all after that. Thank you. Yeah, but yeah, uh, same old, same old than that. Next time y'all see Ryan, he'll be a married man. <laughs> All right, as always, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff Lambert seventy seven. I wanted to plug one last time our DFS contest going for two dot com backslash toys. Uh, like I said, we're trying to raise at least a thousand dollars, and I'll go on a shopping spree, and we'll donate a bunch of toys to uh, to, to Toys for Tots. Uh, so please, if you play DraftKings, even if you don't play DraftKings, you just want to donate, you can do that at goingfor2.com backslash toys. Uh, for Sam, for Ryan, I am Jeff, and we will see y'all next week. <laughs>